Thank you very much, John. Thank you for having me back. Um, I want to talk a bit about sort of general gloom, just to begin with, just to get it out of the way. Um, and I've just pulled off a number of, I don't know how far you've looked at data for the weekend market, but I pulled off some statistics before I left. And I just want to sort of start with that to give you some context for what's happened in the weekend market in the UK and also in the US. So um, the good news is that it's not falling as fast as the daily market. Um, the bad news is, is that both of them are collapsing. So I'll hit just the top line numbers to begin with. Um, the UK average daily net circulation year on year from January 2010 to December 2010 fell 12% in the UK. That's the UK sort of national market, the broadsheets and tabloids. Um, and that was for the daily market. The weekend market fell a mere 11%. So, you know, to come to the weekend market is safer, relatively, by 1%. So it's a tough market out there. Um, and what's interesting is how far the falls, um, in the UK in particular, are very much focused on the quality market, in terms of what's sort of falling away faster. So the numbers are, for the weekend market, um, national Sunday newspapers of the quality end, which is where we like to position ourselves, but that includes The Observer, Scotland on Sunday, The Sunday Times, The Sunday Telegraph. Their sales were off um, 9% year on year. That's, that's heavy. I mean, that's a really interesting drop. But that compares with the mid-market, sort of, you know, the uh, Daily Mail and lots of kind of rubbishing as tabloids, um, which fell to 6%. And the, um, the popular Sunday papers like News of the World, the Sunday Mail, the Sunday People, they were off about 6%. So you can see quite a big difference in the marketplace between sort of the tabloid end, which is falling but not as fast, and the quality end, which is falling really fast. Um, one of the worst hit papers, thank God it wasn't a financial times weekend since I took it over, is um, The Observer. The Observer, has, which was actually, I've read here, the oldest Sunday newspaper in the world. Um, and it fell by 100,000 year on year. That's a 23% drop. So, um, but between this year and last. This is, the, that number was actually a year on year drop, which is the observer, yeah, 18%. Um, it fell 23% in April. That's, that's interesting. Mm. Um, so I haven't done an analysis of sort of the right wing press versus left wing press at all, but really quality falling faster, tabloids falling less fast. Um, but all the quality Sunday newspapers <coughs> fell, on average, you know, in double digits. So it's a really, really hard market out there. So the idea that the weekend papers are immune from the general trends, that people want to, you know, pick up and read the papers over their Sunday breakfast, isn't generally true. I mean, they are, they do still outsell the dailies, though. So, for example, the Times, which is one of the best-selling newspapers in the Sunday newspaper market here, the Sunday Times is fast. You have to have a lorry to have it delivered. Um, sold about 1.1 million, and that's about double what the daily sells. So you do have still within newspaper, individual newspapers, the weekend newspaper is still by far the best-selling marketplace. It's the same for the Financial Times. We sell more copies at the weekend than we do during the week, and it's a completely different sales pitch. I'll come back to the weekend FT in a little bit. So the general market is bad, but it's also really bad in America too. So um, that's good news for, I don't know, bad news everywhere. Um, the New York Times, um, the biggest newspaper in the US is the New York Times. Its circulation is now at 1.4 million. Um, and the LA Times is at 900,000, which is down 8%. And, but again, in the US, it's a similar trend, which is that 
the main newspapers are falling faster during the daily newspaper than the weekend sale. Sunday newspapers in the US fell 7.5% last year against a 5% fall for the dailies. So generally, you know, it's pretty true that they're holding up a little bit better, but it's still looking quite hard out there. So that's the sort of the general gloom to start us off. Um, I want to sort of talk a little bit about what that leads to in the UK market, particularly the weekend, which is incredibly tough. So you have, you've probably seen it all here, loads of freebies. You know, you get loads of stuff. So I actually got our research department to do a list from last weekend alone about what you could have got free. Probably if you add up the value of all, all the things you would have got free, it's actually worth buying 10 newspapers at the weekends. Um, so at the Daily Express, you would have got a free unisex fleece scarf voucher, page 36, and free Wrigley's chewing gum voucher, page 36. Um, if you bought the Daily Mail, sorry, the Daily Mirror, you would have got free ladybird books, that's the kids. Daily Star was handing out a free double pack of Jaffa Cakes, which are, I'd recommend, by the way, by the Daily Star. Uh, the Daily Star on a Sunday, free pizza dominoes, two for one voucher. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, so this isn't just at the tabloid end, this is right through the marketplace, which is really interesting in the UK. Daily Telegraph, a free book, three great stories by Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, the Guardian um, was offering a free audio book. Never Let Me Go, which is probably what it wants to say to its subscribers. You know, <laughs> carry on, don't give up. Um, by Kazuo Ishiguro, page 44. Uh, News of the World, hotel vouchers, collect tokens. Sun Express, free bread. You know, uh, Warburton's Toasties bread, if you like it. Um, Sunny Telegraph, I carry on, free penguin, classic, The Beast in the Jungle by Henry James. Um, and the Times was offering a £10 off Molten Brown voucher. That's for sort of, uh, you know, toiletries and things. So, as I say, if you added all those freebies up, you probably wouldn't make money on buying these freebies. <laughs> so it's not so bad after all if you're a consumer of them. So it's a really interesting market. I don't know how far you have in your own countries that kind of freebie culture, but we really do have it intensely here. The reason is, is that the UK is still a massively well-read marketplace. If you compare it with the US, Again, I can just go briefly back. The biggest selling newspaper in the US on the Sunday is the New York Times. It sells about 1.6 million. Now, in the UK, um, we've got one, two, three, four, four national newspapers in the UK and the Sunday still sell more than the New York Times, each of them, which is amazing. So the UK market has 10 million people buy a Sunday paper. 10 million. In the US, the biggest selling is the New York Times 1.6 million, or about 1.3 million. So that's, so that's why it shows how tough it is. It's very competitive. We have loads of national newspapers in the UK. We have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 weekend Sunday newspapers in the UK. 14. That's five popular newspapers three mid-market newspapers and six unpopular newspapers, which are the quality papers. <laughs> um, so that's a really interesting market to compare it with. And so it's a good place to look for innovation about what are the Sunday papers trying to do here, which you can look at to sort of do back home. So freebies are a really tough thing for us to compete with. So I'm going to talk a bit about the weekend FT. Um, I took over in um, last June. And our sales are pretty flat, and we're a very unusual paper because we sell all around the world, the weekend paper. In, if you buy the weekend of tea overseas, you generally get it as part of your daily subscription. So we don't have to sell it, we don't have to push it, because you're getting it free with your you know, general subscription. In the UK, it's our strongest <coughs> retail offering. 
Because if you buy the normal FT, you get it at work, it's a work tool, you know, maybe your company pays for it. But at the weekend, you have to make a choice to buy it, generally. Your office won't pay for you to get the weekend FT, generally. So it's a much harder market for us because we are trying to sell it on the retail stands, you know, in the shops, um, with a very low marketing budget, competing against free, 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 this and that. And so it's an interesting dilemma about should we try and go down the free route, um, offering you know FT guides to this and that, which is all should we just sort of say we are what we are, we're a sort of high-end newspaper, with the most expensive newspaper as well in the UK market. It's two pounds fifty. That's you know that's really expensive compared to lots of the other ones. The Times is um, on a Saturday, I think one pound fifty, um, and we sell on the Saturday, but we sell right through to the Sunday. We hope to. So it's a very interesting dilemma of taking over the weekend FT about who are we targeting. We try and have a global marketplace, a global view, and yet people want domestic stuff. They want to know what's going on in their local market, you know, the London art scene, and yet we sell the same news, a lot of the same newspaper in Asia. So how do you manage that dilemma of so trying to be a global newspaper when a lot of the weekend coverage are things you want to be doing, your local cinema, what's on TV, what kind of reviews should you be doing? So it's a really complicated product to run the weekend FT. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what it contains. I don't know how many of you know the weekend FT, but if I can just show you the different product elements, that might help you. Um, and then I can talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I tried to do to reinvent just one bit of it to begin with. Um, so, just very, very quickly, this is the main weekend paper. So it looks like that. Um, so that looks quite similar to the main paper, actually. Generally, it's, it's got slightly more colour on the outside. We have slightly different story choices about what we choose to put on the front page. Um, but in tone, it's very similar to the main newspaper. So you have your general UK news coverage at the beginning. Um, your co corporate coverage, just as you have during the week, you know, your comment analysis section. So it's quite similar in the main newspaper. But then you have five other sections, but not as many as some of the other newspapers. We have a life and art section, which has, which I can, ha I can pass around actually, so I'm have a quick look. Life and arts, which contains sort of interviews with sort of famous artists, it has a book section. It has a travel section, it has pieces on, um, you know, complete variety of pieces. So in the travel section, one of my favourites was an excellent piece about, um, um, it was called Trick or Eat, was the headline. And it was about a town in Manitoba at Halloween, where the, where the Halloween coincides with the annual massing of polar bears. So they have to have these security guards on the streets to make sure that the Halloween trick-or-treaters don't get eaten by the polar bears. <laughs> So um, it's a completely different tone. So let's just say we have a star section in the life and arts. Um, a TV section as well. We have a TV section. And we have a really kind of interesting TV columnist yeah. who sells loads of newspapers. <laughs> um, and then we have House and Home, which again is sort of aimed at sort of high-end property market. This goes everywhere in the world. And then a sort of money section, sort of how to uh, save your money in austerity Britain. Um, sort of advice on pensions and so on. Um, every now and then you may recognise this, which is a very glossy um, thing, how to spend it, which makes tons of advertising money. Lots of people hate it um, because it's just so high-end and so in your face. And it's quite hard because in austerity Britain, you, we're now promoting this, you know, which is a very, very high-end, I mean, super glossy, lots of kind of, you know, amazing spreads. Um, I remember once we had a front cover 
when we had a how to spend at boats that rock the yachting issue on the left hand side on the promotional um, thing because people love how to spend it and on the right hand side we had austerity Britain you know Britain has to, you know, had a sort of picture of the kind of ballot box with a sort of shrinking belt around it ahead of the George Osborne you know budget so it's a very odd kind of product base um, and then we also have the FT Weekend magazine which is uh, something I want to talk a little bit about, which is this is last week's issue, which is a, a great interview with Max Mosley. I don't know how many of you know Max Mosley, but it was a brilliant interview by uh, Lucy Calloway, who's one of our correspondents. I can see that. Did you read the piece? Yes, I did. What did you think about it? I think it was, I think it was absolutely, absolutely terrific. Good. Yeah. Why did you I, like it? Um, well, I, um, I just thought that she, she seems to always be able to draw the best out in people. And uh, when, I saw, when I read her interview with Alan Sugar, she managed to even, uh, that was a tremendous interview as well. And he looks quite a difficult guy to interview. Yeah. And she's always incredibly lively and she does seem to be able to, even with the most provocative characters, she seems to be able to. You should come and sit here and we can <laughs> do, do, do a joint interview. Yeah, it was, it was great. I really love the weekend of yeah, it's a wonderful Good. Oh. I think I'll just stop now. <laughs> and I, and I end my speech now. Um, so, well, I don't know if it would be helpful just to talk a little bit about one of the first things I tried to do with the weekend um, um, FT, which is to relaunch the magazine. Um, so I just want to talk for five minutes about that. So it might be helpful in terms of how do you do a relaunch of a, 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 a bit of a newspaper. I hope that might be helpful. Is that yeah, helpful? So, unfortunately, I'm going to do sort of a bit of before mm -hmm. and after. So this was the FT Weekend magazine before. This is a, a typical cover. I don't know if you can see it from there. Um, and it's, it was a, that's not the most inviting cover, is it? Um, it's a picture of empty houses, subprime debt in Ireland. It's not that kind of weekend mood that you want to pick it up when you're sort of relaxing at the weekend. It's boring. Isn't it? It's yeah. sort of, it's, it's sort of, it's a gloomy thing. It's a plague on all their houses as a sort of leading headline. Um, and then the first person you used to meet in the magazine was this thing called first person. So again, it's not someone you recognise at all. You've never met them. So it doesn't make you sort of want to know. This is a story about Stanislaw Nowoski. I fought for Britain but wasn't invited to the victory parade. Now, so he's an, sort of an older man. It's very hard to sort of get very excited about a man who wasn't invited to the victory parade. I mean, it's quite a limited audience that you're aiming for with that first piece. The first piece has got to be something that you kind of grab or a columnist that you're going to turn to regularly or something you want to set up. And then the rest of the, um, it was on quite cheap paper before, and it was quite a, I'm mean, pass this around, it was quite a complicated thing to sort of work out what it was trying to do. And so you, you go through right, all these sort of strange features at the beginning, and then you would arrive at your treat, you know, toxic town, you know, and it's a five page piece about a subprime. You know, it wasn't a bad piece, but it's not a very weekend kind of, doesn't have that weekend appeal that makes you want to pick it up. And a little, a lot of things you'll find with the weekend markets, you want to have something just quite mixed in the product base between men and women sort of reading it over their breakfast on a Saturday morning. So we, um, and I'll perhaps you can pass the time, so we changed it very radically. So this was the original cover. This was the first, we have Simon Sharma, who many of you might know as Britain's sort of leading historian. He's become a regular interviewer for the Weekend magazine. This was the launch issue of the new magazine. So the cover is much bolder. You know, here you have Simon Sharma, you know, he was equivalent to, you know, or at least he thinks he is, <laughs> to um, David Cameron. And he, does, he did an amazing interview. It's the first magazine interview with David Cameron since he took office. And so it was a very bold sort of, you know, it was a great thing to get. You could sell the newspapers on that. And we moved um, food and drink into the magazine, for example, so it looks fantastically beautiful. 
I don't know if anyone's had lunch already, but <laughs> the food and drink section looks, looks splendid. Um, we introduced a much more weekend feel of pursuits with the FT. So here we go. We've got sailing with the FT. With um, he's a guy who won the America's Cup and beat Larry Ellison. So again, and so the idea of the pursuits with the FT is to take someone you know during the week and do show what they love doing at the weekend. So it's a sort of different sort of style. So for example, I'm trying to get Mervyn King, who's a great tennis player, you know, the governor of the Bank of England. He's agreed, we hope, to play tennis with Andy Murray. You know? <laughs> so it's the whole idea is exactly your reaction, is to be sort of lighter in tone. But it's it's basically it's a bit like um, giving someone an amazing opportunity that's something that they love doing anyway, and they want to do that. I mean Mervyn King would probably love to do that. Andy Murray obviously will at least be able to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> so at least he won one match. Um, and then we had much more emphasis on photography in this um, because it's a magazine, so it looks much more beautiful. We have more sports interviews. There's a great interview with Colin Montgomery. So if I can just pass that around, that might be great. Um, we've also did Aung San Sushi last weekend. Lovely interview, lovely profile. Um, we had, um, this is a women's issue, we had a big interview with, um, uh, with Oprah. Um, and so if you can just sort of pass this around a bit, it might just give you a flavour of what we've tried to do with the magazine. Um, one thing I wanted to show you is how you do a marketing campaign. I started, but I'd never done an advertising campaign in my life. So we went to see this advertising agency and told them what we wanted to do. We wanted to create the idea of an intelligent treat. You know, something you look forward to at the weekend. It's not work, it's not like the FT, but it feels like work. It feels like something for the weekend. So we told the ad agency some of our ideas about what we wanted to do. And they came up with a campaign, and we literally sat in the room in utter silence when they showed us some images, which you might still do as well. So I brought along some of the um, mock-ups that they showed us, which they thought would be great for our advertising campaign. Um, and these will scare the children, so watch out. <laughs> this is something we decided not to go ahead with. Um, but this was, this was one of their ideas. <laughs> So never trust advertising agencies is probably the lesson here. This was another of our ideas. <laughs> Isn't it weird? There we go. Right? So the idea was to take something intelligent and something fun. And then they created these really weird monsters, which um, I'm not... And then here's, here's one of my favourites, which is just... <laughs> this, this is not going to sell more newspapers other than to really creepy people. <laughs> so, um, so, so no, I rejected that campaign. Um, but it was a very interesting process about trying to talk to an advertising agency about what you think your product is. And because the Weekend FT is such a complicated product, it was really hard to distill what we were trying to do. And in the end, we came up with a much nicer campaign. You probably can't see it very well here. But the final campaign we came up with, it was the slogan was smart but casual, um, which kind of fits the weekend of tea really well. So we had sort of T-shirts made with sort of you know interesting names on them. So that was Milton after Milton Freeman, and then Keynes, Milton Keynes is a place in the UK. So that's a sort of the final. Passes run. Yeah. yeah just to give an idea of how it can go horribly wrong. And, and that we, it was really late, it was a very hard decision because the campaign ad guys came back, it was a month before launch, and that's what they came back with. So we had to start all over again with a new team. So don't be afraid to just you know, take on the advertising agencies and don't go ahead with something which is wrong. But the smart but casual has really worked. Um, the magazine relaunched in October, and we had quite a lot of publicity around it, and the sales went up 11% in the UK. 
um, of the Week NFT. So it was very successful. Sales are still up about 5-6% since then. So it's, it's quite an interesting way of focusing attention on one particular part of your product mix. The next thing I want to do is look at the rest of the Week NFT um, and what other, sections I, you know, what other sections I can look at. Um, but I have lots of ways of answering questions which might be more helpful because I've covered a range of stuff in terms of the marketplace. I'm not too worried at the moment about the future of the weekend NFT, but obviously I'm looking at digital strategies quite closely, and that's very hard for the weekend market because a lot of people don't really go online at the weekend in the same way. They don't want to sit down in front of a computer and read the newspaper. So our online readership for the weekend is much, much lower than during the week. So it's very hard to work out how do we migrate to a digital strategy which is actually going to sort of sell more newspapers and get readers because people don't read online in the same way, use of the weekend FT. So it is something I can talk a little bit more about at the end, but perhaps we can just go to some questions. Thanks very much indeed, Caroline.